Thanks for tuning in to Beyond the Bench. This is a podcast for athletic directors, coaches, and leaders, and it's done by three athletic directors from Iowa. I'm Todd Gordon from Greene County in Jefferson, and I'll be joined by Scott Jarvis from Ankeny Centennial and Aaron Stecker from Cedar Rapids Kennedy. If you have any questions or comments you'd like to leave us, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at beyondthebenchgls at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and let's get to today's podcast. Are you an AD interested in saving time or making your job a little less stressful? Are you looking for ways to improve the fan experience at your games? Well, we suggest you take a good look into hometown ticketing. Hometown Ticketing provides schools with everything needed to offer professional-level online ticketing at absolutely no cost to your school or athletic program. Hometown Ticketing integrates industry-leading technology directly into your existing school or athletic website. This provides your fans with a simple and easy ticket-buying experience that takes place directly on your website without the need to create an account remember a password, or download an app. From individual game tickets to customized season pass programs, our friends at Hometown Ticketing can customize an entire ticketing platform for your program. And the best part is, it doesn't cost your school or athletic program anything to get started. So own your ticketing with Hometown Ticketing, the official ticketing partner of VNN Sports and Beyond the Bench. Visit www.hometownticketing.com to enroll your school today. That's www.hometownticketing.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the Bench. This is Season 2, Episode 3. And uh, we are uh, joined today by a special guest and... Uh, he is Ira Childress. Uh, Ira began his career as an administrator at his alma mater, Ferris State University. And uh, in that time there, in five years, he earned three promotions at Ferris State uh, before advancing to the NCAA national office as an assistant director of leadership development at the NCAA. Um, his work provided innovative programming that helped positively impact hundreds of NCAA coaches administrators, and student-athletes. He then went on to serve as the athletic director at Okemos High School in Okemos, Michigan for six years. And uh, after getting tired of the snow, uh, he currently <laughs> served as the athletic director at Gulliver Prep in Miami, Florida, where today I saw it was uh, balmy 79 degrees. So, oh, goodness. But at, at Gulliver Prep, um, he utilizes creativity and he has great vision. He's a great vision builder and, and uh, provides innovative solutions and experiences for Gulliver student athletes, coaches, and the community. And in 2019, Ira was named a finalist for the Varsity Brands National, National High School Athletic Director of the Year. So Beyond the Bench is uh, really happy to welcome and uh, to welcome Ira Childress to the show. Ira, welcome, and thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Um, I'm excited to be here. And um, like I said, you guys do a nice job with this podcast. Very insightful with all the guests that you've had. So hopefully uh, this won't be as excite- insightful as some of the ones you've had in the past. Absolutely. Or will be. <laughs> now, I've got to jump in here right away, though, Ira, because I'm looking at the uh, overhead picture. This is Aaron, by the way, up in, up in Iowa. So... Look at the overhead picture on your Twitter banner page here. You've got – you're in a way nicer place than we are, man, because it's a super <laughs> nice pool, and it's an eight-lane outdoor pool yes. uh, that you appear to have in your campus. So, Ira, you live in a different world than we live in up here in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> but I know your world. I've been in that world for a long <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. Yes, uh, you have. I'm just new to this world down here with the uh, everything being outdoors and, and it being 80 degrees all the time. That's beautiful. <laughs> 
It is nice campus. Hey, um, Ira, I guess the first thing we'd like to do and we like to do with all of our guests is just kind of tell us about your journey and uh, how you've kind of gotten to where you are today and uh, maybe a couple things you've learned along the way. So tell us about Ira Childress right now, if you would. Yeah, I started um, at Fair State University where um, I was a student athlete, a football student athlete, had a chance to um, um, play for a um, league championship there and be a part of a great football program. Um, and upon graduation, uh, the president at the time uh, said, hey, you know, what are you planning on doing? And I told him, you know, I was looking, obviously looking for a job like all the other graduates. And he said, hey, we have an internship here for you and we'll pay for grad school if you want to stay. It's in our alumni and development office. Um, I didn't know much about alumni and development at the time, but I said, um, yes, I'll do it because I didn't have a job. It sounded good. So I, I stayed on there, got my master's degree. They paid for it. The internship ended. They hired me full time. Um, I worked in our alumni and development office in conjunction with athletics. Um, I spent five years there at my alma mater, Fair State University, uh, which was a great experience. Then um, um, at the end of my fifth year, I got a call uh, from a search firm that said, hey, there's an opportunity at the NCAA national office. Uh, would you be interested in interviewing? Um, I said, yes. Um, got an opportunity to go up to Indy and interview at the NCAA, um, you know, in the, at their office. Um, ended up taking a the job there. Um, first, my first couple of years was in diversity and inclusion. And then my last, my last couple of years was in student athlete leadership development. Um, I really enjoyed working at the NCAA. Had a chance to to work with many student athletes and coaches throughout the country, and just had a broader broader scope of, of athletics uh, because it was on a national scale. Um, and then from there, um, I ended up coming back to, to Michigan uh, to take the uh, athletic director's job at Oklahoma's High School. It was actually my first time um, in K-12 athletics, um, in K-12 education and, and, and in athletics, obviously. Um, um, had, had a great run there for six years. Uh, we ended up uh, we did a lot of a lot of neat things there at Oklahoma's High School, created the Hall of Fame, um, um, had a bunch of um, built a bunch of new facilities, um, had a chance to work with some great student athletes and coaches, um, won a few championships, and it's just a, just amazing time. Um, and then from there, uh, obviously, I I uh, got the call from another search firm and said, "Hey, would you be interested in interviewing down here um, in Miami?" Um, came down to Gulliver Prep, which was an outstanding, uh, obviously outstanding school, academically and athletically. Um, took an op- took the opportunity when I got it here, and um, here I am here today. Um, but it's interesting you asked what I learned along the way. I think some of the, the two 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 things that really stand out. One is being an effective communicator. Um, that was one thing I learned early on in my athletic career is being an effective communicator, not just orally, but writtenly, written as well, because that's, that's so important to everything that you do. Um, and then the other thing is um, student athlete first. You know, we, yep. we, we really believe in that, and uh, we always put the student athlete first, and we want the student athletes to have a great experience. So, those are some of the things that, you know, that I learned along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you know, maybe one other thing is, is to have a great process. Um, I had a mentor one time that told me, if you have a great process with things that you do, people may not agree with it. They may not agree with your final decision that you make. But mm-hmm. if you have that great process, um, they can never argue that point, which, which, is, which is very important to decision making. So. So those are some mm-hmm. of the nuggets that I learned along the way, but it's been a, an amazing journey over the last uh, decade or so. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of different uh, different opportunities. You go from the NCAA and then back into the high school ranks, and um, it's just been a great, great, uh, great ride for you. I'm sure you're just learning every day. And um, one question I had: you talk about the process and having a great process. Um, you know, as you, you went from Okemos to, to Gulliver Prep, uh, opposite ends of the country, north to south, um, you know, and I, 
so when you got your when you went down to Miami to Gulliver Prep, did you have to tweak your process much? Um, are you still learning um, maybe what you what you need to do? I mean, that first year is just kind of a you kind of know some things you want to do, but did you have to change your process much at all, or kind of what you believe in? Yeah, you had to, uh, not what I believe in, but you had to tweak the process a little bit because this is you're at an independent school here at Gulliver Prep, um, mm-hmm. and obviously at Okemos High School is a public school, so um, things are a little bit different um, when you talk about private to public. Uh, so I had to had to tweak the process a little bit, but but not what I believe in, you know, and that was one of the things that we, you know, we kind of established early on here at Gulliver Prep um, under my tenure. We had, you know, we have what we call our five pillars and that's kind of the fabric of our athletic department. And we really hold, you know, hang our hats on those five pillars. Um, first is uh, health and safety. Want to make sure your student athletes are taken care of. Um, you know, when you drop them <clears> off <throat> as parents with us, we want to make sure they're taken care of. Um, and number two is integrity and character. We want to make sure you, you know, have everybody's doing everything with integrity and great character. Number three is academic achievement. We want to make sure they're really excelling um, in the classroom. Student athlete first, educational athletics. Um, number four is a student athlete experience. Uh, we want to make sure whether you're a star player on the team or you're not getting much playing time at all, you have a great experience. So that that's number four. Number five is scholarships and championships. We want to make sure we're competing at a high level and competing for championships. And we also want to make sure every student athlete that wants to go on to the next level is getting that opportunity. And we're trying to get uh, student athletes and help them um, get scholarships as much as we as much as we possibly can. Obviously, we don't get them scholarships, but we can assist that process. So those are kind of our five pillars that we um, that we really go by here from an athletic standpoint here at Gulliver Prep. Yeah, that's great. Great, thank you. Um, and we'll get back uh, with Ira here in a little bit, and he'll join our conversation in this next little. Skip, who's up? Who's down this week? Um, we're going to talk about a couple of different things that happened over the weekend. Uh, we had some weather here in Iowa, had uh, the snowstorm come through. I think every snowstorm now just gets amped up to where I think you're going to be buried in snow for, oh, I think two or three weeks before we could probably move. Well, you know, that turns into just a couple inches. But, you know, still, safe than sorry, we had some things canceled. Um we're going to Scott talk a little bit about a cake auction that he's done at several different places. Um, and some people are familiar with that, but this was the Friday night Ankeny, Ankeny Centennial uh, and the big cake auction there. And of course the game was canceled. Yeah. So Scott has all these cakes, right? Yeah. <laughs> we had, we had cakes everywhere. We were loaded in cakes. So we, we were disappointed obviously that the game got canceled. Um, and then we were, you know, really struggling. What are we going to do with all these cakes? When are we going to make up the game? I had called uh, some people in town, see if we could get some freezer space at some of the restaurants in town. Uh, we were kind of just really thinking about what we could do. And, and finally, after talking to our principal and our, our booster club, we decided to uh, put all of our cakes online. Um, and so for about four hours on Friday night. I was uh, feverishly uh, posting stuff on every social media outlet I could find. And uh, we, we ended up uh, getting rid of all of our cakes. You uh, did. Thank goodness. Yes, we got rid of every single cake. Um, we made, now we didn't make as much as we kind of planned on, but we still made just about $7,000. Wow. So Man. For, for something that could have been an absolute wash, um, and we, I think we made the best of that and, and we used, uh, 32 auctions online and used that to, uh, as our auction site and it worked out really slick and we were actually our booster club, we were just looking online for an online auction site, um, and just came across that as we were there kind of just deciding how we were going to go about doing this, if we were going to do it online, how we were going to do it. It actually ended up working out well. Um, obviously, we would have loved to 
have the game um, and the live auction always kind of drives some competitiveness between the two schools. Uh, but uh, this went really well and we were able to salvage um, what could have been maybe a little bit of a disaster into uh, mm-hmm. something that um, maybe even in the future, we might even utilize that even if we do have the game going on is, is usually utilizing that online option so that people aren't having to come in and out of the commons into the, into the gym back and forth. They can actually watch the auction uh, on their phones as they're watching the game to make sure they get their cake and we can um, have the silent auction going on while we have some live auction items in our gym. So Mm. we learned a little bit and actually we're able to hopefully in the future, make uh, better use of our, our silent auction uh, while we have our cake auction in the gym. So um, again, it was a, ended up being a, a decent night, although we were disappointed that we didn't have the game and, um, but made the best of what we could with it. What, uh, what was the name of that online auction thing? You used it was called again? 32 auctions online. Okay. Yeah. It actually worked out pretty slick. Huh? That's that's fantastic. You got I, all the pictures you're pushing out, man. Same as we talked about a year ago. You guys have gotten just some some fantastic cake decorators. Uh, I know it's amazing. And, and some designers. of those cakes, some of those cakes that come in, you're just like, just the hours that people spent making those is absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And obviously, some people so just, really- some people just kept their cakes at home because they didn't want to brave the, the weather the other night but uh i think it went pretty well for just putting them online and really trying to push that over social media yeah so you may have come into something that may help you and oh yeah change the way you do it yeah for sure just through that experience yeah. too so always making a positive out of a potential negative um i thought it was i thought we learned a lot about how we can better um you know reach our audience um, while not just having the people there at uh, the game being able to auction, but also um, those that are at home or grandparents or people who aren't able to get out and, you know, have them uh, be able to support our student athletes. So so it was a, it was a good learning experience. And uh, I think we're going to be able to, to utilize that in the future to, to to try to raise more, to try to raise more money for our kids. So worked out really well. Great. Yeah, good. Ira, you ever done a cake auction? I have not, but um, <laughs> I just learned a lot listening to that. And when I, I was in Muscatine, you know, Aaron, being on the East Side, Muscatine cake auction is like it's like a thirty or forty thousand dollar fundraiser. When I was there, it was insane. Mm. There were so many cakes, and so many people. Cakes are going for three thousand, four thousand dollars. Hey, Scott, why don't you just take a minute and just go through the different categories. Sure. Uh, you may have done this before, but since we're on yeah. it, just kind of how the cake so auction works and numerous different, different categories. categories you have. One is like an amateur, you know, so like our teams will bring in cakes. Um, we always have a theme every year. This year was Ankeny and Ankeny Centennial uh, Recipe for Success. So I don't know if you saw the cake that I made, but we did uh, Andy Untham, <laughs> my counterpart over at Ankeny. We made a cake that had us looking like chefs, you know, mixing up cake batter. Um, that was so good that was, stuff. Yeah, that was fun. But uh, we have an amateur division for our teams. We have a professional division. And then we have actually have a team professional division. So all some of our teams that just get a professional to make their cake. Um, we also have a student division um, that we would have with that also. But we try to get our, you know, our community involved with it. So we had some businesses in town that brought cakes, um, our teams, you know, all like football, basketball, you know, bowling. Uh, we try to involve as many of our uh, sports teams as we can. And um, it's, and we, we also award uh, each of those divisions, first, second, third, and uh, honorable mention. We get these really nice ribbons. It's almost like being at the state fair. <laughs> that prize cow. Uh-huh. So we have huh. fun with it. That's great. It's a great community event. Um, it's kind of outside the box a little bit. And people really like just the opportunity. We had people, even with the storm going on, coming in 
and looking at our cakes that we had sitting in the commons and actually people bidding on them sitting there and people at home bidding on them uh, on, mm. on their computers. So it was kind of a neat experience to go through, although it was very different than what we've ever done in the past. Yeah. Now, on average, how many cakes would you get per night? I think last year at the game, we had about 86. Um, this mm. year, we had just around 40. So considerably less than what we would have if we would have had the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, me too. And uh, that's a way to make uh, make something positive out of a tough situation. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So the other thing that happened was just kind of on social media last night. Um, I'm going to let Aaron kind of explain that situation. It had to do with Kennedy and Centennial uh, again. So Aaron, kind of take us through what happened uh, yesterday. With I that. was actually alerted to this. Uh, Andy Umtham, uh, the Ankeny AD over there, actually shot me a text message with a, a screenshot. Um, so we were supposed to travel over. Kennedy High School is traveling over to Centennial on Saturday um, for Centennial Show Choir Competition. And uh, we're excited. It was be our first time going over there. We're excited about going to that competition. And, uh, you know, we were, Storm Ziegler, our director, and I were just going back and forth Thursday and into Friday about what do we do with a winter storm warning and do we go, do we not go? And uh, we ended up make, making the decision we couldn't go. But then Centennial ended up making the, the decision that they just really couldn't hold the event. And we've hosted our own show choir uh, events over here, Raise the Roof, for oh, I don't know, 13, 14 years now. And I've had to cancel that a couple of times. And that that's a backbreaker yeah. for a uh, uh, for a show choir program. That is their primary fundraiser. I mean, it, it probably funds 65, 75% of our, of our show choir budget every year. Um, and so to not have that event go on, my, my director over here, uh, Kennedy Storm Ziegler, understood that. And on his own, um, I take zero, zero credit for this, um, on his own decided, you know, how can we help? Because we've been there before. We've been in their shoes when you had to cancel your show choir event and how crippling that can be for your program. So he actually figured, you know, we've budgeted. If you look online and look at his letter, he said, we, our families and, and our programs budgeted to go over there, buy food, buy tickets, engage in their day. And so he just opened up uh, a, a place where basically you could go in and buy an online ticket or, may, or, or buy food online. And all the money that you said you'd spend, he just is collecting and is going to send that over to uh, Ankeny Centennial to help offset the cost that they lost by not being able to hold their, their, uh, um, their show choir event this weekend. And I actually, before we got on, I asked for an update because he um, was going to close it down last night at 10 o'clock on Saturday night, but there was a lot of uh, traffic and donations and sharing going on. So we kept it open until 10 o'clock tonight. And before we started recording, his last number he gave me was just over $5,300. Oh my gosh. Has been raised. Mm. We'll send over to Centennial to help offset their losses. Wow. So that's Aaron. When my choir director sent me that text message last night, I, I told you, I was like, I wanted to just go give your, your choir director a big hug because I mean, we were we had we were going to lose our shorts on on that one just because we had, you know, judges coming in from out of state paying for plane tickets for them to come and judge that competition. So uh, you don't mm. you don't know, how, and especially last year after getting stuck up, if you guys remember that we got stuck up stuck up in Minneapolis oh, last yeah. year and had those two two nights in the hotel and the twenty seven thousand dollar hotel bill. Yeah. Um, and, and having two years in a row like that is just hurt our show choir, you know, budget hard. So uh, I can't say enough how much we appreciate your choir director doing that for us. That's amazing. Well, I, and that's, it's the kind of guy he is. Um, yeah. Storm, Storm is, uh, he's, he's, you know, I, he wouldn't say it. I'll say it. he's kind of a big deal in the show choir world. He yes, really he is. Yes, he is. Um, and he gets it. He, you know, and, and my, my oldest and then my youngest have been involved in show choir at the high school level. Um, and I remember when my oldest, my son, uh, went through. My first big show choir competitions I went to was the first, one of the first times I would say I was introduced to the idea of competing with others 
versus competing against others. Right. You go to show choir competitions and they want to win. Same as a football team, basketball team, soccer team wants to win. Mm -hmm. But when you watch and you see them cheering each other on, they are cheering for the other, uh, other groups to perform at their very best as well. They want to win, but they want to, they drive one another by saying, look for us to be our best. We need you to be your best. Uh, and, And it's just this, it's so visible the philosophy of competing with one another, um, pushing each other to be our best versus competing against one another, where we're hoping yeah, you don't perform well because it's more about beating you than it is about being our best. Uh, right. And mm. show choir is, it, it just bleeds that mentality and Storm's a big believer in that. So this is just yeah. a good example of that. And we talk about Kinder Kennedy all the time. I'm so proud of, of Storm for being a living example for our kids of what it means to demonstrate kindness to yep. others. Um, so super proud of him and super proud of our kids and our show choir community and, and the other people who jumped in to help out uh, when there's yeah. a need. Absolutely amazing. Uh, that's, it is. And isn't it great when people just do things because it's the right thing to do, not because we tell them yep. to do it. Yep. I mean, that's what's so neat. Yep. That's what's, that's awesome. Ira, do you have show choir at Gulliver Prep? Um, we have choir, but I don't think we have show choir. <laughs> well, you start that. I bet two programs would come down and help you launch <laughs> yeah, the we'll, competition. We'll, come on down. <laughs> yeah. we'll stand in the snow that way. <laughs> well, that's great. Aaron, thanks for uh, sharing that. And uh, hats off to Candy. And uh, that's just great. Your director and um, again, that, that gave me goosebumps just listening to it. That's just, yeah. it's great. Fantastic yeah, stuff. Good. Hopefully that'll help out, Scott. And, and we look forward yes. to you guys, uh, you guys coming our direction in about a month. I know we're, we're looking forward to it. Well, we're going to continue on now and, um, we're going to just really, uh, now just really interview Ira and let him talk and, um, just learn from him, uh, great experiences he's had and, uh, the programs he's had, some of the initiatives he have, I think is just really great. And uh, I think people are really going to get your notebook out and get ready to take some notes. So, um, Ira, um, that, and that's really the first question we've got for you tonight, is um, what is a big initiative you're taking on right now at Gulliver Prep? Yeah, we, you know, we have several initiatives going on throughout the year. Um one um, big initiative um, we have going on right now um, that we're going to have in a couple of weeks is our career and sports night. Um, this event, um, I started back when I was at Oklahoma's High School um, because we just wanted to give the student athletes something outside of um, playing. We really believe in uh, student athlete development and really developing our student athletes holistically. That means obviously in the classroom, socially, uh, academically, from a career standpoint. And so we, um, we started a career in sports night. And what this does is, is any student athlete who is interested in a career in sports, we bring a big panel together, um, and that panel will discuss um, their career, their professionals in the field. And then also on that panel, we'll have academic um, institutions, um, unit colleges and universities, who have career-focused, sports career-focused majors. So we we bring the two together, and we bring all of our students and student-athletes there, and they get a chance to hear the real professionals in the field, and they also get a chance to hear the academic people talk about their their programs. So it's really a win-win for our Mm -hmm. student-athletes. And when we first did it, we kicked it off a couple years ago, we had a keynote speaker, um, uh, Cynthia Freeland, um, came from the NFL Network. Um, she does all their analytics there. She's their analytic expert. And um, that really opened the eyes of a lot of our student athletes and students because they didn't know that career existed. But that's becoming more and more popular. Um, um, so, so that was really good to have her come down. The next year we had a scout from the Red Sox uh, come to be, be the keynote speaker. Um, he did a really nice job and talked about his experience as a major league scout. Um, and this year, uh, we're going to kick it off. We have um, the Miami Dolphins uh, president uh, and vice chairman, Tom Garfinkel. 
and he's going to talk mm. about his experience um, as, a, as, a, as a general manager and president of a team. So, uh, if, you know, if you're a student athlete or a student here at Gulliver, you're going to get an amazing, amazing treat to have some of the, the people that we're going to have involved, not only Tom, but we get the University of Miami. Uh, we got somebody talking from Under Armour. Um, so we have a, we have a wide range of, of different people on this panel. So it's going to be a great night for our student athletes and students. Mm. So did you see some uh, fruits of that, like an, an Okemos, uh Some kids pursue maybe a career that they didn't even know was out there, or did it kind of prompt them to pursue that a little bit? It did. We saw you know a couple of students um, went in on the marketing side of things and and and, and really pursuing that. Um, we, we had um, one student who wasn't interested in the analytics um, and, and ended up pursuing that. And what happens is when the students come to this form, you know, they get a chance to see, oh, this is what a physical therapist does when they're, when they're working with athletics. Here's, here's what uh, sports doctors get a chance to do. Oh, um, I want to be, we had one student that wanted to be an agent when they heard, heard from the sports uh, law professor talking about um, his experiences. So, so there's so many different experiences in sports. Most people just know the coaching, you know, maybe an official mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe an athletic director, but they don't know all the other different areas that they are that you can work in sports. And I know a lot of student athletes, when, when their playing days is over, they're hoping to stay involved and stay engaged. Well, if you're working in the world of sports, that's one way to, to stay involved and stay engaged after your, long after your playing days are over. So that's what we want to give them, just, an, just another opportunity to, to see people and hear from people who are, who are doing great things in the world of sports. I love that. Hey, Ira, how, do you, how do you – do you guys just have a main speaker and then do you have breakouts or – Yeah. Do you just have – okay. Yeah, so what we do is we do a panel. It's usually around 10 people. Okay. Um, we have the keynote go first, and yep. he or she will speak for around 20 minutes and take a few questions. Yep. And then we'll, we'll, then we'll have the panel, and the panel will talk, and then they'll take some questions in, in between there. So that's about, that's about another 30 minutes. And then the last 30 minutes, we do what we call uh, roundtables. Um, and we, we'll rotate that um, every okay. 15 minutes. But we'll have the each panelist at a table, so you can pick whatever table you want to go to if you're a student and really get more in depth with okay, them cool. um, at that table. So it's a really unique thing. Um, if someone's looking to do it at their school, they can just shoot me an email, give me a call, and I'll, I'll try to help them facilitate through it. But um, we don't pay anybody. Everybody's come for free. Uh, just being on the panel, I just really want to give back to these students. So. It's been it's been great for us. Awesome. That's a really neat deal. That is. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ira, I want to shift gears with you here. Um, first of all, I love the fact we've got you on the show. Been following you for several years now. You are a high energy uh, guy, always doing things. And so I want to shift gears here towards uh, coach development and get you talking about that a little bit. So as you as you think about build, building up your coaches, building up relationships with your coaches, um, what are what are two or three intentional things that you try to do either on a daily basis or a weekly basis to try to build up and build relationships with your coaches? You know, one of the things I try to do with all of our coaches who are in season, you know, we, we, we talk two or three times a week, uh, whether if I'm stopping by practice, whether if I'm, you know, just stopping by to say hello, whatever. We, I, I want to connect with them consistently. Um, and, and the coaches out of season, um, I still try to stay connected with them as well. But when you're in season, we, you, you, we, we always stay connected. And the reason why I do that, I think communication is very important. I think you want to set the tone with your coaches and let them know that, hey, you know what? You're there for them. You have their back. Um, and you can support them on, on different things. And I think if you do that and you build that relationship with them that's very authentic, then all of a sudden when you have to say no on something or you have to talk to them about something that's a tough conversation, 
you can you, those conversations come easier because mm-hmm. you have that relationship with them, and vice versa. When they when they have some tough issues on their plate, they feel comfortable with coming to me because they know I built that relationship with them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really believe, guys, that you have to really stay intentionally connected, you know. And again, I don't micromanage. Um, I don't try to, you know, run their practices or, or tell them what plays to call or anything like that. I don't get involved in that piece of it. I just try to let, you know, give them some big picture things to think about um, and then just constantly stay in touch. And I'm not a big email guy. I'll email some, or, or but I like the face-to-face interaction. Mm-hmm. So I'll make sure I see those coaches um, throughout the week uh, just, to, just to touch base. And, again, sometimes when I see them, I'm not even talking about their sport. I'll just say, hey, how's the family going? How you doing? Mm-hmm. How are things? How is everything else going in your life? Because people want to know, um, you know, that you care about them too. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just, hey, you know, how's the team looking and all that. We'll, we'll get to that, but 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 ultimately, I want them to know that I, I care about them as human beings first, um, mm-hmm. and then coach second. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Ira, this is Scott. Um, again, just like Aaron, following you on social media. And on LinkedIn for a long time, and just a huge fan of all the things you do, and just amazed by all the publicity. I think your public relations, um, you know, you're, you, I think you're just on point. You just do a great job of promoting your athletic programs, and uh, I, you know, always love seeing all the things that you're doing for your school. So, with that being said, what are some of the fundraising initiatives you um, are? kind of taken on right now with your new school and and maybe some in the past you've had um that you've had some success with yeah you know um one good thing here at gulliver is is that um you know they do our school does a good job of making sure they support us and all the things that we really need so we don't have to do a lot of fundraising but mm-hmm. i do have a big uh golf outing that we're working on coming up and that's that's always a big event for us um now, when I was at Okemos, um, we did several fundraising events, um, and we raised a lot of money to to help facilities and stuff like that. Um, you know, one of them was you know just kind of a, um, a capital campaign type thing where you really just you know targeted some some of the big donors, potential yep. donors in the area, and uh, got them on board. But another one was, and, and I think that, that that a lot of people could do. If, if it works out, um, we did it. We did a corporate sponsor program, where yep. we got several um, corporate corporate sponsors or or businesses. It doesn't have to be necessarily to the corporate level, but but business sponsors. And um, we you know we we had them you know with banners and and and, and mm-hmm. really had had signage inside our stadiums and, and inside the the places that we played, and that raised a lot of money for us. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember back at at Okemos, I mean, to be on our scoreboard, it was around fifteen thousand dollars, and mm-hmm. you know, to just you know, to, so so there were several things that we did along those lines that really helped raise money. But that that business slash corporate sponsor program was probably the biggest one we had, mm-hmm. um, you know, back in back at Okemos. Although I, you know, although we did raise money for um, a new turf field, and with that one, I just went to one person. Um, and was, was fortunate enough to, to get that one person to write a huge check. So, mm-hmm. so, so there's various ways you can do it, but I, but I do like the, um, the corporate slash business program. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Is it uh, a little different down there in Florida, Ira, to, uh, for a golf outing to have 52 weeks of the year open to you for a golf outing instead of 10? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it's a lot different when I, when, when they first told me, they said, Hey, you know, we're going to want you to work with this golf out and, and the date is February 3rd. <laughs> You're like, February 3rd? I'm, I'm thinking like, how are we going to play golf in February? <laughs> and, then, and then it hit me like, oh, yeah. man, this is Miami. There's no snow down yeah. <laughs> So, but, but that was funny when I first got that. Yeah, it makes a, it makes a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> Huge. Hey, Ira, Todd again here. Um, I'm going to switch gears again. We just back to leadership now. Um, what do you think is one of your biggest challenges 
as a leader, um, as an athletic leader, and athletic administrator? Yeah, I think, you know, there's there's always going to be challenges. I think I think the, the biggest challenge um, for me is, um, you know, just learning to delegate more. And and now I'm here at, just for an example at Okemos. I was really kind of like a one man band, and, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that actually because I got a chance to to do everything and 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 put my my stamp on things and really um, work around the clock to make sure everything was done well. But now when I got here, I had to make an adjustment because I have uh, two assistant or two assistant ads and a youth sports coordinator, and so. You have you, and then a social media uh, uh, coordinator, um, the recruiting director. I mean, you. I mean, you have a lot of different um, staff. I have a lot of different staff people here, and I know a lot of ads said to me when I was having a conversation with them about my. I was coming here and I had all the staff. They were like, "Oh man, that's awesome. We wish we had all that." But I had to learn how to utilize the staff and delegate. Mm-hmm. And, and so that that was that was a that was a big challenge for me early on because I was used to doing everything on my own. You know, when I was at Okemos, I I remember we were doing an event, and I said, "Oh man, I need to, I need to uh, talk to our communication staff, do a press release." Well, I was the communication staff, so I had to write. <laughs> <my own press release. laughs> and, then, and now, when I got here at Gulliver, we actually have a communication staff that does mm-hmm. press releases and does things. And so, I just it just took a took a while for me to really get used to um, the staff and you know having all these uh, staff members and learning to delegate more <clears throat> and, and and do it that way versus doing everything on your own. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. it it does. Let me, because uh, I think if you talk to ads, um, most ads fall under the first category you talked about, where you know they're kind of a one man band and, and have to do it all. Um, but there's folks who want to help us, and I think a lot of times ads, um, whether like you said, we like being that one man band or that one person band, or uh, we we something we don't trust other people to do it right, but we want it done right, and so I'm just mm-hmm. gonna. So what are what are some things you maybe had to tell yourself or some things you've had to uh, train yourself to, to to be okay with, well, that might not have been what I would have said in that press release or that might not have been how I ran that event, but I'm going to let them do it. How, how have you, because that's something, I think that's a hurdle for a lot of us to try to get over. I think people want to help us, but we don't know how to let them. Right. I think that was big for me. The one thing I had to keep telling myself was, I need to communicate on um, my vision. And <laughs> if I if I communicate my vision effectively, we have a lot of talented people here at Gulliver. So if I can communicate my vision effectively, then they'll get what I need to for them to get. And if they're not and if they're not doing it the way I want to do it, that's not on them. That's on me. Mm-hmm. That means that I didn't communicate that vision effectively. So I need to continue to work on that. And, that, and that's, what I, that's what I worked on. And the other thing I told myself was um, in order for us to be really efficient and effective at a high level at a place like this where so many moving parts, you can't do everything. You have to be able to lean on others. And you have to, you have to trust that they're going to, to do, do what you want them to do and and, and do not only what you want them to do, but do what's best. Um, and sometimes it's not what I wanted. Sometimes it's better than what I would have wanted, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, and that's great too. Our staff is so good that sometimes I, I say one thing and they send me back something that was better than what I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that's, that's really, really good too. So like I said, we have a lot of talented people and um, I think for ADs out there who do, who do, get that help and people want to help them. Um, I think the biggest thing is one, like I said, really share your vision with them and articulate your vision. So they know where you're coming from and do, and two, um, you know, watch them work. I mean, I think um, Steve jobs once said, you don't hire good people to tell them what to do. You hire good people so they can tell you what to do. Yep. Mm. Great. All right, it's, it's Scott again. Uh, what has been one of your most memorable moments or happiest moments as an athletic administrator? 
You know, um, there's been a lot of them. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, just seeing our student athletes and students really, really come together. One time at Oklahoma, we, we won a game to, to send our, our basketball team to the Final Four at a place that we hadn't been in, in several years. Um, and, and just, you know, just sitting there at the end of the game, and I know a lot of times people worry about, you know, and I do too sometimes, uh, students rushing the floor. But that night it was just something special. And all the kids ran on the floor, and and we didn't stop them, and and they were just celebrating. It was you had black, you had white, you had all different races and nationalities and backgrounds, and no one was really thinking about anything. Everyone was just thinking about, man, we just we had an amazing win. I looked out there, I took them, I let myself, you know, enjoy the moment, and I had tears in my eyes because that that to me was what athletics was all about. Mm-hmm. And that that those type of moments, it doesn't happen, you know, don't happen very often. Yeah. But I love to see student athletes and the student body come together. And that's when you have a great student athlete experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Thank you. Um, if I can follow up on that, Ira, so what are, because um, that's one of the things I would say I've seen uh, as I followed you on LinkedIn and, and see some of the articles you write or some of the things you're promoting. <clears throat> It seems like you're always pretty intentional about trying to create those experiences, and, and you talked about that. What are some, what are some things maybe that you are doing intentionally that, to try to bring students or student athletes together in the schools you've been in? Yeah, you know, I think it starts with um, school spirit. Um, that's one of my big initiatives here at Gulliver. Um, you know, when I got here. Um, people told me, hey, we need to improve that. So we've been working on that um, for the last five or six months, and it's been a lot better. Everyone says it's been much better than it's been in a long time. The games are packed, and we created um, what we call the Blue Zoo, um, which is the amazing student section, um, you know, four to 500 kids um, as a part, you know, a part of that. We also created um, what we call the Student Athlete um, Advisory Council, and that council really works on school spirit and they work on some other um, um, projects as well, but, but they're really honed in on school spirit. So, so they, they, they embody that student athlete experience because, you know, um, so, so those are some of the things that, you know, that we've done and, and that that's really helped that student athlete experience. We, we do a faculty appreciation night where our student athletes interact with their faculty and they come to a game we have a VIP section for them. We feed them and all of that. And, and they're part of this, obviously a major part of this educational athletic experience. Um, we're real active on social media as well. But, you know, one thing we must always remember is that student athlete experience is everything. And I tell our coaches that all the time because, you know, we're creating that every single day. And in and, and their four years here, there's no do-overs. And, you know, you only get that time that you have. And we want them to say when they leave here, we want them to come back, obviously, as alum. But we want our student athletes to say, "My our time at Gulliver was the greatest time we had in our life. And the reason why it was is because we were able to be a part of Blue Zoo. We were able to, we were able to, to attend big games. We were able to have a lot of fun on the bus. We were able to, to interact, you know, at different um, in the Student Athlete Advisory Council or other different events around campus, you know, that we had, you know. So so we, we are very, very intentional about that student athlete experience because we believe that that's the fiber of your athletic department because if your student athletes are coming through and they're having a great experience, then they're going to be um, happy when they leave. Hey, Ira, just a little bit. I, you touched on a little bit, but can you – how do you connect with your alumni at Gulliver? And I know how important that is with a private school. Um, t- tell us how you are uh, connecting with your alumni to help, you know, support your student athletes now. I mean, how are you connecting with them to make sure that you kind of get them back and, and involved with your program? Yeah, we uh, we do several things. We have an, um, um, 
alumni director here um, yep. who works in our office in, in in the advancement office, and she's always we're always connecting with her, and she, she's hosting different events that that involve athletics, which is nice. We do something we call alumni games, where we we do an alumni football game, flag football. We do alumni oh, softball. Cool. We we do alumni basketball, and so all of this the the. Uh, uh, student athlete alumni they come back and they're part of that and That's then awesome. we go out and we have a nice dinner after the after the events and and it's just mm-hmm. a great way to connect so if yeah. anyone's out there listening and want to connect with their alumni i would suggest doing some alumni games and alumni events that will bring them back to campus and then they get a chance to interact with the current student athletes and say hey yep. you know what um we want to help them you know, yep. because they know how precious that time is. So, mm-hmm. so I think the alumni events and games really help. Awesome, thank you. Hmm. Great stuff. Uh, all right, hey, Ira, Aaron here uh, again. So, um, you know, you've been in this for a few years now. I think you mentioned about a decade or so that you've been kind of in this uh, various uh, roles here. But just if you. If you could think back, uh, one of the things I'd like to ask our guests is if you could go back and talk to Ira Childress at the very beginning of this journey again, um, now that you've learned a few things and seen a few things along the way, what advice would you give um, a younger Ira Childress uh, based on your experiences to to maybe get out to a faster start or better uh, to experience things differently? What advice would you give yourself? Yeah, I would I would give myself advice to do um, some type of internship um, at at a high school, or you know, really get get in line with an athletic director and, and go and work with that person, because I feel like there's nothing like that hands-on experience and, and seeing what they do on a daily basis. Um, there, you know, when students call me today and say, "Hey," What do I need to do, Mr. Childress, to to get where you know in the sit in the seat that you're sitting in? You know, I want them to come and get that experience because it's one thing to you know go to school, you get the education, and they talk about all these different things, and you and I went to grad school, and they talked about all these great things in grad school, but you know the one thing that you that that they don't teach you is is that the, you know this is a it's a it's a it's a process in terms of you know, you start early, you know, my day, you know, and when I had the kids come in there, they're just stunned. My my day, I, I get, I get to our school around 6.30 in the morning and I leave uh, around 9.30 or 10 at night, every single day almost. And, mm-hmm. and I get there really early because I like the first hour and a half to myself to do things and take care of things. And then, the rest of the day, you know, as it comes, and you guys know it's pretty hectic, and then events at night. So, you know, there's a lot of long days. So people, you know, when they say, you know, they want to be an athletic director, you know, young people always ask them, are you ready for, you know, the full full experience of that? Not just It's not just going to games and watching games. There's so much more yeah. to it than that. So a younger, uh, younger uh, myself at a younger age, I would have gotten more experience, you know, being with an athletic director and seeing what that's like. Um, and I think the other thing, you know, I would I would have done is um, I would have got a mentor, you know, earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I got mentors later in my career, but at that point, I was already, you know, down the path. I would have got a mentor earlier in the process, you know, that could really kind of help me and, and you know, give me some insight and, and, and shape me and mold me um, as I was I was going along. I think that would have helped me um, get on the track faster. So, so yeah, there's, 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 those are the couple of things that I would have done or I would have told my younger self. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good stuff. Well, you mentioned that, Ira, and uh... – we're winding down here now, but um, you mentioned the mentors. And one thing we always like to ask our guests, too, is to speak about their mentors. You mentioned you got them later in life, but uh, who has influenced you in your journey? Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, my, my mother, but, you know, but be outside of my family, um, you know, there, there's been several. I had a, you know, a college professor who was, who was really great and she's you know she's been a constant a constant mentor um in my life um and i've had you know several um athletic administrators um that have that have been really influential um 
Christy Rayrock um, is the um, athletic director at Delaware. Um, she was uh, just just so instrumental, um, mentoring me early on, and, and just 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 helping me, you know, throughout the throughout the uh, administrative process. And 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 she was just she was great. Uh, there's you know um, I also had um, you know Ward Manuel, who's now the AD at Michigan. Um, he was a mentor uh, early on in my career um, before he even got to Michigan. Um, Jim Phillips from Northwestern. And um, has been a great mentor. Uh, so I've had I've been fortunate to have some some really strong mentors, um, you know, throughout my um, throughout my time in my career. Um, so I would I would say to all young people out there who are listening to this, it's very important, you know, to get you know, with those mentors and get them, you know, in your and try to help them and, and, and try to be a sponge and, and not just say, hey, this person is my mentor. But but actually, you know, take advice that they give you and 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 utilize that to really to really help you um, in your career. Mm-hmm. Good. So the other thing, Ira, um, you know, you, you put in long days. I mean, you're you're here with us recording kind of late at night on the East Coast. Um, but what what's your why? Uh, when your feet hit the floor in the morning, what motivates you to go do what you do? Yeah, you know, um, there's two things. One, um, I'm intrinsically motivated. Um, I always want to be the absolute best. Now, we call it maxing out. I always want to max out every single day at, you know, what I'm doing. And the reason why is, is our, my why is the student athletes that we serve. You know, I consider myself a, a servant leader and someone that's really invested heavily in these student athletes. And if I take any shortcuts or cut any corners, then I'm shortchanging them. And I would never, ever want to shortchange them. And I, and people always ask me, man, you, you work so hard. You work so late. You know, you, you know, put in so much time. Why? And I said, because our student athletes deserve this. Like I mentioned to you guys earlier, they get one shot at this. There's no do-overs for them. And if we're not maxing out and we're not we're not giving everything we have every single day, they won't they won't get that experience. That experience will be cut short. And for everyone out there listening to this, if you want to go and you want to be an athletic director or you want to be an athletic administration somehow, you don't come in this looking to make money. Don't come into this looking to it get fame or notoriety, you you got to come into this looking to embrace the grind because this is an absolute grind. And if you love the grind, this would be a good profession for you. But if you don't love the grind and you're looking for shortcuts or a trap door, this is not going to be a good profession for you. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can make the, Moodle, the, the needle move in this profession and help these student athletes achieve their goals is for you to be up early and stay late. And that's that's what I that's what that's what that's what I believe in. And people, you know, people say, "Oh, well, you've had some success." Well, any success I've had, it's just it's not about having all this talent and all this stuff. It's about perseverance and really, really working hard every single day. And that's the approach. And that's the approach I work with. I talk to our coaches about. That's the approach I talk to our staff about. And they know that I'm going to be right there with them, that nobody's going to come there and say, boy, you know what? You know, our AD got in today around 8.30 or 9 o'clock or, or AD cut out of here around 5 or 6 o'clock. I don't believe in that, you know. So, I'm like I said, I'm the first one there and the last person to leave. So, my why, to answer your question again, my why is our student athletes that we serve on a daily basis. Mm, that's great. Thank you. Um, I do want to just mention too, and, and, uh, because you're now a published author, right? Yes. Um, you, you've got a book out called beating the odds, uh, from poverty to prominence. And I think it was just released. I just started seeing about it in the last couple months, I think. Um, but just give us a brief background of that and, uh, where people might be able to get a hold of copy of that. Yeah, you know, that was um something that just was kind of a, a thing that I wanted to do for myself. 
I always said if I was ever to 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 make it to um, a place where I could do, do a book, I wanted to do a book. And I really wanted to do this book to help young kids that grew up like I like I grew up in poverty. Um, I, you know, I grew up in a you know tough circumstances. Um, we we didn't have a lot of money. My mom had a lot of love for us, but we just didn't have a lot, and it was a struggle every single day. And I just remember thinking, man, I wonder what it's like to not have to live like this. I wonder what it's like to to what what's on the other side of the tracks. And, you know, what I want to do with this book was kind of shine a light on that, but also shine a light on how do you get out of that and what can change your life. And mm-hmm. when I was writing the book, you know, one of the things that was very uh, uh, evident to me that was important was the thing that the, the, the two things that really changed my life was one, um, just having great perseverance. Because when you come from poverty, there's a lot of pitfalls and there's a lot of things, obstacles that you're going to have to overcome, which I talk about in the book. So you got to have that great perseverance. And the other thing was education. You know, I played sports and I played in college, I played college football and all of that was great. But education is what really changed my life. And I remember my mom telling me at a young age, she said, hey, you, you may play athletics and you may be pretty good. But ultimately, education is going to change life, and it really did. And so, um, so that's that's what's in the book, and the book is outstanding. It's been um, our publisher said it's been a, a bestseller so far, so that's really good. It came out at the beginning of December, um, so we're around six, six to eight, six or seven weeks in, but it's but it's but it's been good, you know. And um, and so every for every little uh, kid out there that that gets a chance to read the book or or that's been inspired by the book, I'm, I'm very thankful. And that's, and that's what it's all about, you know. And, um, you know, I, I made a vow, you know, when I was growing up, that, you know, that if I was going to keep going and I was going to make it. And, um, you know, so far um, everything's been great. And um, um, education changed my life for myself and my family. And I never had to go back to living in public <coughs> housing or um, mm-hmm. living that life again. So it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And I think uh, you can get the book on Amazon. Yeah, Is that right? I think I've seen on, it yeah. there and I'm going to get my copy. Yeah, you can get the so, book on Amazon. Yeah. Um, and, and it, you know, again, you know, and hopefully if, if you guys know anyone that could, you know, benefit from the book or, or, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, what their background is in terms of nationality, race, none of that matters. I mean, because um, poverty yeah. doesn't see any of that. It's not immune to any of that. So, so um, feel free to share it, and uh, and hopefully it can inspire some people. There's some few. There's an athletic director chapter in there that's pretty pretty fun. So, so um, yeah. So it's uh, it's been it's been great so far. The book. Great, thank you. Thanks, Ira. Scott, Scott final thoughts tonight for Ira and for our listeners. Well, uh, as I said before, Ira, thank you so much for what you do. Um, I'm always inspired by the things I see you do for your student athletes. And uh, it's, I I love the way that you talk about the grind and and loving the grind because it is a grind, but we do it because we love our students. We love our kids and we want the best for them. And so thank you for doing what you do for your kids down there. And and for all the ADs listening out there, I I hope that, uh, you know, you just listen to Iron, what he had to say about just loving that grind and knowing that um, what you do for your student athletes truly makes a difference. And you might not even know how big of a difference you make till many, many years later, but you do make a difference. So thank you for all that you do as athletic directors. And thanks, Ira, for being with us tonight. Hey, thank you, guys. Thanks for providing this great platform. And, and um, I wish you all the best. You guys are doing an amazing job. Um, this is one, one of a kind in this space. And uh, I'm really uh, – <laughs> Happy to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you. Aaron, final thoughts. Well, I, I, again, Ira, thanks for being on. It's, uh, it's great to get to visit with you after, after reading all your stuff and, and engaging with you, uh, you know, online. But uh, I think one of my big takeaways you talked about tonight was the uh, going back to that coaching and staff development and just your intentionality. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy for us to get caught up in our office and worry about officials and buses and dotting the I's and crossing the T's for the management side of our job. Um, but being intentional about getting out and having conversations with, with your coaches every week, 
And 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 most one of the most important things you said, I think, that we need to always keep in mind is make sure it's not just about uh, the wins and losses and how things are going in the sport, but how's their family doing? How are their kids doing? Um, how are they doing personally? So I appreciate that reminder and your uh, thoughts on how to make that happen weekly. Thank you. Yeah, no doubt. Well, again, thanks, Ira. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Wish you nothing but the best at Gulver Prep. Um, we've got new follows out there for Twitterland to follow. Uh, we'll make sure your Twitter handle gets out there for people to follow you. But um, again, just thank you for taking the time to be on Beyond the Bench and to be with be with us today. Um, and you know, everyone out there, just I think the biggest takeaway for me was uh, that we just don't shortchange our student athletes. Uh, one shot, one experience. Uh, as as Ira was talking about that, gave me goosebumps. So. I appreciate that, Ira, that reminder. Uh, so everyone out there, just have a great week. Uh, you know, battle through the Iowa snowstorms if you're listening from Iowa. Uh, but, uh, and uh, Ira, enjoy the sunshine down there, man. All right. Take care, guys. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Thanks, you. Ira. All right. Everyone out there, have a great week. And uh, we'll see you, uh, talk to you next week. So be blessed.